Welcome to the Medical Insider Podcast, where we highlight real-life solutions to your health challenges, incorporate new technology, and proven solutions from the past with a healthy dose of common sense, while resisting the pitfalls of idiopathic classifications and economically-based medical doctrine. This is your host, Dr. Thomas Santucci. Let's get started. When we really get into regenerative medicine, you've got to start going, you know, to the area of the body that houses the umbilical cord to the area of the body that surrounds the umbilical cord. Surrounding the umbilical cord is something called Wharton's jelly. And Wharton's jelly begins to be true regenerative medicine. Wharton's jelly is more viscous. It's more solid. It's not solid, but it's more like gel. And so it can be used on topically for wounds. And there's, there's good evidence for it. There's good research and there's good acceptance of it. Everyone kind of likes Wharton's jelly. What's interesting to me is that you can't buy stem cells, but you can buy something with MSCs in it, which means mesenchymal stem cells. So apparently the FDA can't do, you know, uh, initials. So it's just amazing to me that the thing that has the exact kind of tissue is okay. And this thing that's the pure tissue, which works way better, isn't okay. Um, so there's more research. So continuing on, the next is umbilical cord blood stem cells. And so umbilical cord stem cells are kind of a plateau. They kind of have the most virulence. They're the, they have, they're have something called omnipotent stem cells. So they're not mesenchymal stem cells. Mesenchymal stem cells can only make this middle layer of cells. These things can recreate an entire human body. The other thing is they can do it without direction. They can do it without anyone telling it what to do. The stem cells are coded to find the injured, injured tissue and replace it. Um, that is what stem cells do. And I think that that's a fundamental truth that's got to be gotten out there. And what we're looking for is like a consortium of kind of like-minded people and companies that just want the truth about stem cells to be there. In the United States, there's a big bugaboo about going further than that. So actually using an egg and cloning it, that's what they're doing in Mexico. Um, we're saying anything that can create life probably isn't a valid, you know, morally acceptable option. And obviously using aborted fetal tissue is the ultimate of the horrific things that people are trying to avoid. I had a patient ask me that last week, whether we were using it. So the public understanding about what's going on with stem cells is so incredibly low. And then, you know, the conventional medicine, the your regular doctor knows so little about it that all it's, it's really just scary stuff. So the oncologists say that it creates cancer, whereas actually it probably cures cancer. You know, in general, they're talking about runaway tissue, but that's never happened. And, and a lot of misinformation across the board. So barring that top layer, you know, the aborted babies, which doesn't happen in this country, and then even using eggs, which is illegal in the United States, the next level, and then this is considered medical waste. So remember, we've got a very pristine birth and delivery. The mom and the baby are out of the room. They've donated, in this case, the umbilical cord, the placenta, the, the Wharton's jelly. And then those are harvested by, a, you know, a lab that has millions of dollars of, you know, technique and double PhDs designing the process and real care for what's going on here. 
and they've harvested them safely. They're filtered. There's about 23 tests that are done on each of the samples. So the samples are remarkably pristine and, you know, they don't cause infection or cancer or side effects or, 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 you know, across the board. Basically, it's a very, very, very contained industry. These are responsible players. We've added five different labs. We found two that we liked. We went with one in LA and then ultimately went with one in Utah, mostly because I like the altitude and I like the attitude of the people running the, running the shop. They were a little bit more toward our side of medicine where they're seeing the body as, as a self-healing complex um, set of systems but that stem cells, you know, were, were uniquely set up to provide not only tissue repair, but autoimmune rebalancing, neuroendocrine rebalancing, and physical and cognitive improvements that were almost effortless. And I'll say it again. These stem cells take very, very little work from doctors. I have advanced training in neurology, biochemistry, orthopedics. I really don't need any of that to do stem cells. It's really what's the target of the stem cells and don't mess them up while you're putting them in there. This is very simple technology. And so when we're looking at healthcare in general, when we're looking at what's going on in the United States, we're looking at inflammation, we're looking at runaway budgets, we're looking at all this stuff. What if, you know, the primary care physician actually looked at a, at a condition and said, okay, I'm going to be an informed generalist. I'm going to look across modalities. I'm going to fix the things that are physical first. You know, um, that's a plug for chiropractors and orthopedists, but I'm going to fix the physical things first. I'm not going to do biochemistry until I've done regenerative medicine. And I'm going to come in with a relatively low cost regenerative solution before I cut open somebody's shoulder, neck, elbow, or low back. Again, our statistics are six to eight times the number of surgeries in this country as Western Germany. And again, Western Germany has good doctors. They have money. They have, they're sophisticated. We look at their choices versus our choices. And again, we're spending the most money on healthcare with something like, I forget out of 34 countries where I think we're 32, you know, like we couldn't be doing it worse. So at a certain point, what I think we all need to do is one, be aware. If you need, if your knees, need some kind of regenerative intervention, then Wharton's jelly injections are available today. They cost about a couple thousand dollars a knee. Um, it's worth it. It provides matrix. It provides regeneration of the inside of the knee. It gives you a, a sort of a running start to getting physical again. Because remember, we all have to exercise. It's one of the rules. And then the, the IVs, unfortunately, at this point, the, the pure stem cells are not available. They're, we're still looking at, you know, trying to figure out any way to get that to happen. But exosomes are available. And exosomes are microvesicles or little packets. Remember from high school biology, little packets of chemical mediators and peptides that tell your body to make stem cells. There is some real benefit. My personal opinion is that exosomes are about 70% as good as stem cells. Stem cells have a real powerhouse capability to start healing. We've, we've seen it in so many patients where 
their diabetes was out of control, and now we can exercise. Or we've seen the cancer out of control, and now the person's in remission. Or we've seen the rheumatoid arthritis be debilitating, and now the person can open up their hands. Time after time, and you know, these are one-off clinical things, you know, but there's so many of them, it's not funny. So when we're looking at this, we think that there is a groundswell of research and the vocabulary is an IRB, so independent research bureau. So these independent research bureaus, which are sanctioned by the FDA, are looking at more and more solutions. But again, a year and a half later, we don't have any of them that have been completed. This makes me concerned, worried, and suspicious because at this point, somebody should have been able to burst through, especially when our personal knowledge of the clinical results of this is so high. So the big question always we have to ask, you know, in life, but definitely in medicine is what's going on? How is it true that something that can eliminate these amount of unnecessary surgeries or massive amounts of drugs that really do nothing more than mask the, the problem are not successfully making it through to the end? We're looking into this on a personal level with a couple of the labs that are doing the RBs, and we're suggesting that we collaborate. We're suggesting that multiple labs get together if one is really good at something or, and you know, some of the products truly are better than the other products and might as well use the best stuff if we're trying to prove the thing works. At a certain point, you know, this needs to become a political thing. And so my hope for these podcasts, um, my hope was that and is we kind of go direct to the people, to the cognition people, that we provide information, a thing that has the ring of truth, it's smoke and fire kind of thing. It may not be accepted to everybody that the research is tainted. It may not be acceptable to everybody that there is solutions to these so-called idiopathic diseases like peripheral neuropathy. And yet we know that there's technology that addresses those well. It may not be that you know, most people can accept that stem cells are as good as, as the science says they are. But after time and with repetition and with consistently serving up the common sense of this, the research of this, and the political push of this, it's my belief that all this is going to become a reality. I've always run a clinic that did things today. I'm deeply respectful of researchers. I simply don't have the patience. And at 70 years old, I don't have the time anymore. So we're going to continue to do things that are available. Wharton's jelly is available right now. It's a decent solution. I'm having it put in my knees tomorrow. And I've had lots and lots of things, you know, for knee disruption because of the seven knee operations I've had and the amount of damage that I've done with the multiple car accidents. But at the same time, I think it's a shame that most people don't consider it an option and they're going to their, you know, whatever, orthopedist or internist, and they're putting steroids in knees when we know that steroids cause damage to the cartilage that they're supposed to be repairing. We also know that in no cases or is anybody talking about regeneration. You know, when the people are using hyaluronic acid or even when they're using, you know, anything lighter like amniotic fluid, they're really not talking about repairing anything. And we're prohibited from using that vocabulary. But the reality is there is strong evidence that you can repair a knee, that the, the cartilage within the knee, a shoulder, an elbow, a wrist, 
you know, an ankle, especially since it's been done so many times. There's lots of evidence that says that, you know, we can make huge autoimmune insights, you know, uh, inroads into every kind of autoimmune disease, but especially, you know, things like pathogenic attacks like COVID. The fact that that stem cells haven't come out as being the answer for COVID-19 is just so suspicious, it's not funny. Anybody could do that trial and come out with a positive answer. So we're actually looking into those details, again, offering our help. The message I want to put out to, to you today is probably going to Mexico and doing, you know, clone cells from, from embryos doesn't fulfill any of the criteria that we were trying to keep as a standard. You know, with the loss of kind of federal oversight, it's the Wild West. So kind of the the companies that, you know, have questionable moral centers are just doing whatever they want to do. On the other side, the companies that are trying to to do it the right way are frozen in place. We're not happy with either one of those outcomes. So it is the time for action. It's the time for you to kind of be aware that, you know, there are things available and there are things you can do. Again, we're looking at collaborating at the at the business side, at the lab level, and maybe at the practitioner level. But we're in an environment that is really like you're wrong until you can prove you're right. Not really the kind of thing that doctors are very good at succeeding in. We're going to look at at this point is collaborating with other like-minded people. Hopefully you'll be part of that group. And then we can together change the national outlook on what's really, truly effective, safe, and, you know, the, the promise of hope in medicine. So a little evangelical today. Sorry about that. Look forward to talking to you the next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Medical Insider Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you visit medicalinsider.com. Go ahead and sign up for these episodes. Get them sent directly to your inbox. Do us a favor and give us a like.